when you start a project like a podcast, you tend to have like this plan, this focused plan of attack. How are you going to attack the particular topic of what you're, you're covering? And in the case of this show, Clone Saga Chronicles, the original plan of attack was we're just going to cover every single issue from a Web 117 to Peter Parker Spider-Man 75 and as much stuff as we could in between. And yeah, we might cover the other medium and stuff like that. And that, you know, that's still a plan. And of course, things have changed over the years and we've done some special episodes because this is the flagship show of Spidey-Dude.com. But as things have evolved, you realize, you know, it wasn't just about Ben Riley. It was about Kane. It was about uh, the clone history. It was about the Jackal and Mendel Strom and Nor- Norman Osborn and all these characters. So over the last several years, I've been trying to be as comprehensive as possible. And I was doing a podcast retrospective, introspective, where I was writing a article for our front page at spidey-dude.com. And I realized that I had missed something. I had missed a particular storyline. And it was partly because I had covered it on another show. It's partly because I was kind of dreading it. And that particular storyline is Spider-Verse. So sit back, enjoy, as we cover Spider-Verse, the important parts with for this particular show. As a companion piece, I encourage you to check out episode 10 of Mayday Mondays after you listen to this episode. Because really and truly, the reasoning behind uh, why we think certain things are going to mesh, there's going to be a little bit of crossover. I'm going to talk about Ben and how Ben was treated, this version of Ben Riley. I'm going to talk about Kane, and I'm going to talk about Peter. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. We've got that, and we've got a ton of things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about some of the some of the behind-the-scenes stuff here on this particular episode. So sit back and enjoy this episode, episode 74. Next, here on the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, powered by Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. Heads, I am back. Of course, this is a solo effort. I wasn't going to make anybody suffer through the the dregs of Spider Verse. This particular episode, we're going to be covering uh, the main storyline, which is issues nine through fifteen of of the third volume of Amazing Spider Man. 
I'll get into that in a little bit. The three-part miniseries, Scarlet Spiders, and then a issue, there's one issue of Spider-Verse Team-Up number one. It's a half of a story. So I will be covering those mainly on the particular episode. I'm not going to go into all the minutia uh, because this is a big event. Uh, I know there's a lot of Miles fans. I know there's a lot of Spider-Gwen fans, and we'll talk about that as we get towards the end of this episode, what the legacy of the sh- of the storyline is. But there's some housekeeping things I feel like I need to get in order. And so with that, I am doing that uh, right now. So basically, um, this recording, the reason that there hasn't been a new episode of CSC for a while has been there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that just hasn't worked out. Uh, I have been trying to get uh, some some creative types to do it. I was trying to get a big interview done, and I realized that the only way I'm going to be able to do that is not doing it with a big group, but with doing it with some smaller groups. So um, hopefully I'll get that done. It looked like I was going to have the recording done around Thanksgiving last year, and suddenly it kind of just fell apart because of the holidays and stuff like that. And, of course, COVID-19 hit, and so uh, everybody's been kind of... Uh, quarantined into their homes so uh, there's been some various things we've been trying to do beyond the things I've just mentioned um, there is one part of my personal life that intersects with the show intersects with the website there's there's an intrinsic tie to it and I feel like if I don't acknowledge it it's not fair to you it's not fair to the to the people that have came from the place that I'm about to talk about it's not it's not fair in any realm of, of the imagination to, to leave people in the dark and not tell them what's going on, to sit there and not acknowledge that a big founding member of a show, a, a, a person that's been there for 17 years is gone. And I'm getting really passionate about this because I'm frustrated. And hopefully that that passion and that frustration, it's, it's going to be used for, for a better and different purpose. But after 17 years, as a member of the message board, as a member of the administrative team, as a member, a founding member of the podcast, I have left the Spider-Man crawlspace. And I'm acknowledging it right now because I don't want to talk about the reasons why I left. I don't want to talk about any of those things because I don't want to to badmouth anybody. I don't want to sit there and tell and act like that people that, that there are bad people there because guess what? I don't think that anybody there is a bad person. I think sometimes we have disagreements on fundamental things, but that's okay. They're not bad people. And to say this, I say this without any glee. I don't agree with some of the things that have happened in the past or, or have happened recently, but that's okay. And I understand uh, some of the reasoning behind it. And some of it's just a giant misunderstanding. But when you have the inability to, to have a debate and discussion, it just gets frustrating. Truth is, I haven't spoken to some of the people there since I left. Might have interacted here and there on social media. But other than that, I haven't had a, com- a meaningful conversation with anybody since I left. And there's a, there was a show that was produced that, that covered Clone Saga books that will never see the light of day. And that's okay. Because see, here's what's going to happen now. I've left. I'm thankful for my time. But at a certain point, it's time to graduate. And I view my time at the crawl space, the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, 
as all of the best experiences of my life. I will forever cherish my time. But after today, after this episode's released, I don't want to uh, like I'll maybe acknowledge things here and there as an aside. But other than those brief acknowledgments, I will not hold any ill will towards the crawl spacers, towards the people that are that, that are still there, towards the listeners, because they all are people that I held in high regard and still do. I don't offer any ill will. And I know that Brad wished me nothing but the best when, when we did email each other back and forth, but, and I wish him nothing but the best. So I want to make that fundamentally clear. I wish them and their crew nothing but the best, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm ready to move forward. I am so excited about the future of this show. And even as this show is kind of, and I've talked about it, you know, over and over and over again, now we're winding down, we're winding down, we're winding down. And there's been some things that I wanted to clear the deck out first before we wrapped up the show. I'm excited for the future of the website. I'm excited for the future of everything that we're going to accomplish. I'm excited for the things and the ideas that have been brought forth. And I am thankful for many of the people that I met at Crawl Space, some of which you've known for years. Guys like Donovan and Josh, I have valued their friendship. I valued the time I spent with them in 2011. I wish I would have been able to spend more time with them because I hold them in very high esteem. Without the Crawl Space, I wouldn't have gotten to know Gerard Della Tour with, with the Crawl Space Avengers and, and the, and the webcomic and, and, and collaborating. And he wouldn't have moved here if he didn't know me. I wouldn't have got to meet Greg Bashansky and got to know Greg Wiseman and got to know all those people that I've gotten the pleasure of interviewing on Spectacular Radio. And the new people that are coming to the website, I'm so excited for. You're going to hear their voices very, very soon. You're going to see their names very, very soon. And I'm excited for that. And I'm looking forward to bringing all these new names and new faces and these new people that I met partially through the Spider-Man crawlspace. Some of it I met organically through social media. I am looking forward to it. And yes, I'm getting very passionate about this because, yes, I am frustrated. I hate the way that things have ended. Just like when I left the first time, I didn't like the way the things ended because of circumstances. But the truth is, is sometimes you can't dictate how you exit. And for those that have been able to dictate how you exit something that you've been a part of for, for literally half my life, well, those that have had to do it understand. I wish I would have been able to say goodbye to the crawl space, but I can't. Because they chose not to give me that chance. So I'm saying it now. I know that I'm not always been the easiest person to work with. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've I've grown up a lot in the last 14 years on the on air and 17 years online. But I've been through a lot of stuff in my life and I'm in a very big season of change and this season of change I just keep praying is going to be productive and positive because I'm going to choose to make it that way spidey-do.com is going to be a phoenix rising from 
obscurity and the ashes. And I'm looking forward to doing that. I am I am the right kind of angry right now. I am the right kind of I am motivated now more than ever to be something special. Because this place is a special place. And I hope and trust you, the listeners, believe it to be so. Hell, you may hate you may hate listening to this show, and I can understand that too, because I have a lot of idiosyncrasies that when I sit there and record myself, good God almighty, I do stupid pauses for whatever reason. I don't know why. But the future is bright, and I can't wait to tell you about it. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 or a, the email address is clonesoccerchronicles at gmail.com because of circumstances. But the truth is, is sometimes you can't dictate how you exit. Spidey-do.com is going to be a phoenix rising from obscurity in the ashes. And I'm looking forward to doing that. I am I am the right kind of angry right now. I am the right kind of... I am motivated now more than ever to be something special. Because this place is a special place. Uh, I want to announce on this episode also that we have an Instagram at uh, Spidey Network. Also, you can leave us uh, a... You can also t- uh, get with us on Twitter at, at SDudePodcast. That's SDudePodcast, formerly Clone Saga Crony. Uh, if you like that, also we'll be uh, launching some more uh, things. You can also follow me on my on on my my regular social medias. We'll re- I'll retweet everything that's posted on the Spidey Dude stuff. So at uh, Spidey Dude is is my uh, handle. So also if you are uh, following the front page of Spidey Dude every single Tuesday and Thursday, it is in stone. This is not just, you know, in wet cement. This is now in stone between the time this episode comes out and the time uh, this fall, all of the episodes of Amazing Spider-Man Classics back catalog will be up on our front page of Spidey-Dude.com. I'm excited. Uh, You might have noticed that we have a new uh, Circle logo. If you uh, add it to Favorites, Add our, our website to favorites on your uh, on your smart device or on your uh, on your browser at home. You'll notice that we have a new favcon. Uh, it's also our logo for our across our different uh, social media platforms. Want to give a big shout out to Chitown Spidey, a good friend of mine, Peter. He uh, designed that. We're going to have some new title cards and new uh, for for the existing previously released episodes of Clone Saga Chronicles. Obviously, this one will have a new title card, too. Uh, so Gerard's hard at work at that. Uh, we're very, very, very excited about all the all the th- good things happening. And so uh, I'm really excited for our, our new staff. There's going to be some new, new behind-the-scenes people, but there's also going to be new people that are going to be out in the front, out in the, uh, in the open. Uh, we've got a lot of great ideas, and we're going to be, you know, moving towards different platforms. One of those will be YouTube, uh, but we're, our legacy shows such as ASM Classic, CSC, Spec Radio, uh, those that are getting close to the end, it's kind of more difficult to justify move it, making that move. So as a result, we're not going to be moving those over to YouTube live. We're not going to be doing the shows live like that. Um, 
our new shows, our shows moving forward, we're going to be working towards that. So really, really excited. Um, just, you know, hopefully, I, I, you know, we're going to try to figure out ways of making it to where our, our shows are going to continue to improve. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a a bevy of, of, of things. There may be some ads that you might be hearing on our shows. Support the, the those particular things that we're working on. Uh, you know, just even if you just go to the website and you know click and cl- you know click click our link. You know that all that little bit helps. So um, really, like I say, it's it's a new day for Spidey Dash Dude. Um, I feel refreshed and renewed, and I'm really really excited. So like I say, check us out on our various social media platforms. Um, so with all the housekeeping done out of the way. Let's get to the main crux of this episode. This episode is one that I I covered this on that other on that other show that I did. I am tr- going to try to be as fair and effective in in terms of what I like and what I don't like because there's certain things that I like about this story and there's certain things I don't like about this story. Um in some ways, this is a culmination of a lot of various things that Slot's been working on. The idea of a Spider-Verse obviously has expanded beyond anybody's realm of imagination when this was first proposed five years ago. Um, obviously, there is a cartoon episode that dealt with the Spider-Verse. Um, the, the last two episodes of the 90s show dealt with the concept of alternate, alternate Spider-Man. And if you follow John Simper on, on the various social medias, you know, he kind of takes the credit for the Spider-Verse. And I kind of get it. Uh, it's not the same thing, but, you know, the idea is not, ne- again, it's not necessarily unique. So Slot comes up with the idea of, I want to write every Spider-Man ever. And so there's certain limitations. There were certain things that he could get away with. Things like Spectacular Spider-Man, he couldn't take care of. He couldn't do the Neil Patrick Harris Spider-Man because those are technically owned by Sony, and he'd have to get permission. From, they'd have to get permission from Sony to do so. But anything like Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon, there's definitely you can see it in there. You can see uh, various things. I'll say this: the event itself, when I read it last time. It didn't feel as good as the ancillary stuff. The ancillary stuff obviously was much, at times was better. For example, the Spider Gwen uh, storyline that was the, that one shot was a really, really, really good story, and it ended up spawning into this into Spider Gwen being a part of seems like everything nowadays. Um, which is kind of frustrating as a Mayday as a Mayday fan because this is the push that we felt like could have been with Mayday Parker. Uh, you know, oh, she's an alternate reality daughter of Spider-Man. Well, so is this is an alternate reality version of Gwen Stacy. You know, I mean, the, a lot of the arguments that you have are, you know, kind of the same as you would have for uh, against Mayday. So. Uh, you know, Gwen's obviously a popular character. She's been around for uh, Gwen Stacy, the 616 character, has been around for a long time. Even if most of that of her existence has been as a floating head of guilt, she's still been around for a long time, on and off, whether it be in, uh, you know, in, in flashbacks or stuff like that. So the characters have been around for a long time. 
Um, so kind of give you a little bit of setup of how this works. If this is your first time listening to Spider-Man, uh, a Spider-Man podcast, I'll kind of give the context of how we're in volume three of Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, so volume one was went through from 1963 through 1998. It was uh, 441 issues. Um, it, it ended, and then they, re, they rebooted with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one, volume two, number one, uh, in 1999. When they did that, that particular volume was renumbered um, whenever Amazing Spider-Man got to the legacy number of 500. So... Um, I think it was uh, 58, I think, was the last of vo- the Volume 2 numbering. And for a while, they had, like, the dual numbering system during this period. This, during, this is during the JMS run. And then they went from, from 500 on, they just started using the, the legacy numbering. And they, and they did this across the board. They did this with Fantastic Four. They did this with, uh, I think, Thor. Uh, this has been a kind of a gimmick. Um, so we flash forward to... ASM 698, Otto Octavius has basically defeated Spider-Man, swapped bodies in ASM 600. It was revealed that Otto's body was breaking down thanks to all the hits he took from supervillains. His body was physically just deteriorating um, because, you know, his superpowers are his arms. You know, he has mental control of his arms, but the, the human side of him is still is still very human. And so um, it's revealed that they reveal that in 600 by the time we get to 100 issues later, he's now taken over Peter's body. Um, and then we have the not-so-superior Spider-Man title. And I say not-so-superior because ultimately he gets defeated. The end of that volume, um, we Peter becomes Spider-Man again. Uh, Otto is uh, is essentially acquiesces the fact that, that Peter is the better Spider-Man, despite uh, Otto's arrogance. And so Otto... There's a point where there's a time story where um, he goes and visits with 2099, and we get to the end of that first volume, and we kind of see what happened in the off-panel land and the and the like the two issues afterwards. It was kind of a weird way they did the numbering and stuff like that. Instead of doing like a one-shot, they just continue the numbering of the Superior Spider-Man. And so we get to volume three, and you know, he had started something called Parker Industries and there's all that going on. And so we hit to volume three and issue four, we introduced to a new character called Silk. She actually becomes important because there's like, there's basically the way Slot wrote her is that Peter and her are supposed to mate. And so they're supposed to have all these pheromones and they're supposed to be super attracted to each other. And they're supposed to all oh, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. It was very poorly written. Cindy Moon, poor Cindy Moon. She was a just a one-note, milk-toast character, and then they finally spin her off in her own series, and actually, she actually becomes fairly uh, well-rounded. It was, uh, but it was one of those things where Slot had the idea, and then you know gives it to other writers, and so they're able to craft it better. Um, it's kind of a criticism I have of Slot. I think he has good ideas. So we then get everything in this volume starts building towards Spider-Verse. At one point, you have the Inheritors start to show up, and they're basically Morlin's family. Morlin was a character that was introduced at the very beginning of the JMS run, where he basically, the totem uh, aspect of Spider-Man, that's where that started. And, and 
popular, not popular, whether you like the totem stuff, whatever. Borland was a very was presented as a very formidable foe. Um, at the end, he allegedly died of, of that particular in that particular story. But then, oh wait, he gets brought back in the other. That's where we have the other storyline. We t- we covered this extensively with Kane and him becoming the other. So all this has been set up to lead to this particular story. So we get to this particular issue, issue nine of Amazing Spider-Man. And it's it's Dan Slott writing. Um, it is not just Dan Slott, but Oliver Capiel is the is the uh, artist for this particular event. Now, um, the first first part is part one, the gathering. I'm going to cover the first two issues of the main event, and then I'm going to kind of I'm going to cover the issue one of the main event. Then I'm going to cover. Uh, uh, Spider-Verse team-up number one, then I'll cover uh, issue two, and then after issue two, I'll cover issue three. After issue three, then I'll do the Spider, Scarlet Spider's three-part series, and then we'll cover the rest of the of the, of the thing. Um, in terms of the Mayday stuff, I'm not going to get into that, because again, there's a companion piece of this storyline, episode 10 of Mayday Mondays, you can go back and listen at your leisure. So I'll include the link to that particular episode in the, in the description of this episode. So we open up, Peter Parker's asleep. Um, he, he's dreaming about having to go take pictures for the bugle. Moreland shows up, nearly kills him. We go to Loom World, which is Earth designation of Earth 001. We have the Master Weaver. Um, he'll become important later. We have um, the we, we're meeting the family of Morlands. Uh, you know, Solus is the is the is the basically the father figure of Morland. Diamos is the one that killed the MC2 Peter Parker in the previous issue, which is awful. If you want to hear more about that, uh, there's a Mayday Mondays episode about that as well. Um, so as as we have the interaction between the families, we see these various. The, w- the way this world works. And we cut back to Peter Parker's apartment and uh, Peter Parker is asleep when Silk shows up and they start talking. And uh, so uh, basically they're like, hey, you know, the looter is out, you know, looting, you know, doing doing looter things. And then Spidey 2099 shows up and then Spidey UK shows up and Mayday and Spectacular Spider-Ham all show up and... For some reason, Jessica Drew shows up because she's got a spider in her name. So, um, Mayday kind of unmasks and, uh, where basically Slot tries to acknowledge that Mayday actually did in fact go back in time in her title, issue 10 of, of, of Spider-Girl, and they've met, which is kind of a continuity error because they she went back to an alternate timeline because... There were specific changes that were made to the timeline whenever she went back. We then, uh, we had the, we've, we've had the, the series with Kane at this point. We've had the series with the New Warriors. And we go to Mount Wondegore in Eastern Europe where Kane is basically being just beat to hell by Diamos when uh, Old Man Spider, Bruce Banner, uh, Spider-Man of, uh, of the Bullet Point series, and... Uh, Spider Gwen, uh, 
all show up to save the day. But that's not the only person that shows up to save the day. No, that would be Ben Riley from Earth-94. Now, this is not our Ben Riley. This is not the Ben Riley from the Clone Saga. This is a Ben Riley that was basically, what if the Clone Saga didn't end the way it ended? What if Ben Riley remained a uh, the, the Spider-Man of his universe? What if Peter Parker never got his powers back? Um, so they, you know, jump through the, the, the portal, but not without a significant loss, depending on if you like the bullet points miniseries of the Bruce Banner Spider-Man getting killed. We go to Central Park and Earth-13. This is designated the safe zone. This is the, the home of the Captain Universe Spidey. So what if Captain Universe powers never left Peter Parker? Um, so we have Peter, who's kind of in this fish-out-of-water situation, and like Ben basically looks at him and he's like, Dude, you're the greatest of us all. And Peter kind of doesn't understand, and it's because that he actually defeated... A, he defeated Morlin. He's the first. He's the only one that was able to fight Morlin and defeat him. So we go to Earth sixteen ten. Um, it says six ten on the digital copy that I have. I'm using Marvel Unlimited. You can find this all on Marvel Unlimited. And uh, you know, it's uh, the Ultimate Universe. When all of a sudden, you have. Um, the inheritors show up, and that's the end of the issue. We have then the epilogue. Uh, drawn by Giuseppe Camincoli, where they basically have the feast. They explain the web of life and destiny and why everything's set up and, and all that fun stuff. And basically, you know, they basically show you, you know, have the mustache twirling aspect of, of these particular villains. So we go to uh, Spider-Verse Part 2. It's going to feature Dan Slott's favorite creation, which is the Superior Spider-Man. Um, so Part 2 is called Superior Force. Oliver Capiel is the penciler of this particular thing. We pick up right where we're our, our, the main story left off, when all of a sudden Spider-Punk and the self-ascribed Superior Spider-Man of six Earth-616, time-displaced uh, time version of the Superior Spider-Man, uh, shows up and uh, saves Miles and, Jess and Ultimate Jessica Drew. And so... Basically, we get to the the safe zone, and Peter, um, you know, is basically they're they're splitting things up into teams. So we have the first team and the second team. The first team is led by Peter Parker of Six One Six. The the B team, so to speak. The second team is uh, led by uh, Billy Braddock, aka Spider UK. So uh, they start splitting up. And there's obviously the team three where they're trying to find more spiders. And uh, the third team is Miles's team with, um, with Spider-Punk, Spider-Noir, and the not-so-superior Spider-Man, Spider-Monkey, uh, Spider-May. You know, Spider um, I'm going to bleep this out, but spider from uh, the Old Man Logan uh, series, but she's she's been her name has been cleaned up quite a bit into sp just Spider Woman. Um, we have Billy Braddock and and uh, and not Peter Parker, aka Doc Ock, fighting amongst each other. Kane is you know kind of he's recovered uh, from his fight last time, and then all of a sudden uh, we have. Um, <laughs> We have the Amos show back up, and they start attacking, and everybody starts fighting. And so the two sides start to gather and team up, and 
Um, the more of the of the siblings show up. Meanwhile, Kane and and Ben Riley start realizing that, like, even if you kill these people, they they keep respawning. How can they keep respawning? And they realized, um, you thinking what I'm thinking, and so they can clone themselves, come back as many times as they want. Ben opens up a portal to their frequency, and um, all of a sudden, she's like, "There's three of us that know who that know this stuff, and one of that, and that third one is Jessica Drew." So, um, Scarlet Spider's number one. So, Scarlet Spider's number one kind of takes place between uh, these two issues. The old man Spider-Man is revealed uh, to be Ezekiel Sims, and um, he kind of tells more. Um, uh, how you know this thing works you know carried on in your name um you know and basically Moreland killed actually succeeded in killing the, the Ezekiel's version of Spider-Man um or the, not the Ezekiel's version of Spider-Man Moreland succeeded in killing Peter Parker and Ezekiel carried on in his in his place and so um you know, basically then Otto says, from now on, I'm in charge at the end of the issue. And basically that's going to set up our conflict in issue number three. So, uh, issue number three starts, same creative team. It's called Higher Ground. Um, basically Peter and, and, uh, Otto have this fight, um, between each other. And it's one of those things where they keep, kind of battling amongst each other and basically Peter Parker beats him and it's like look we need to work together to, to figure out um, how to how to win so they go to Earth you know so like for example Miles and the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon version of Spider-Man go to Earth 67 and there's like even a reference to all the chibis uh, in Ultimate Spider-Man, and uh, like a, a a quick daydreamy cutaway sequence, since like <laughs> we get to the '67 animated series. So there, there we go back to Earth 13. Soulless shows up, and Spider-Man, or the the uh, uh, Captain Universe Spider-Man, you know, starts fighting uh, Soulless. Soulless is the is the daddy. So. Um, at one point, like, basically, uh, you know, Solus kills the Captain Universe. Um, the Skyon is ours, and that's the end of this issue, so that becomes Benji. He is, since he's the youngest of all of the spiders, he gets, you know, they're using him. They have the Bride, which is, uh, what they're calling Silk. And this elevation of silk. And so we get this uh, issue, or part four, which is issue 12. Uh, we'll, we'll resume that in a minute. Because um, I'm going to kind of go back for a second and um, kind of talk about Spider-Verse team-up. And, you know, the Ben Riley of this world of earth 94 kind of um, is a unique type of situation. And so I, I kind of want to talk about him a little bit and then I'll get into Scarlet spiders here in just a second. 
So Spider-Verse team up number one. There's a half of a story. Um, the, 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 the story is split up into two. So the power of positive thinking is the first one. Uh, Christos Gage and Dave, Wing, uh, Dave Williams are the creative team. The issue opens with uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man fighting the Vulture, and it's the classic Vulture in the classic costume. And then all of a sudden, another Vulture shows up, which is the uh, Blackie, Dra- uh, Blackie Draco Vulture, or the 67 series Vulture, whichever you want to prefer. Uh, the brand new day version of Vulture's there, and then of uh, the noir version of Vulture is there. Um, so, um, Ben is, you know, having to put up a fight, and... All of a sudden, it seems like it's getting pretty blink when all of a sudden, bam, old man Spider-Man, Ezekiel Sims, shows up. And then, but wait, there's a there's a thwip, and Spider-Ham shows up. And Ben's like, okay, I know I'm dreaming because that's a, that's a cartoon pig. So uh, Vulture starts to fly off. He knocks off Spider-Ham, but he, Spider-Ham saves himself. And, like, Ezekiel Sims breaks freaking Vulture's arm. You know, he's just an old man. He just snapped his arm. Um, you know, uh, all, then all of a sudden, <laughs> this is gross, but, um, the brand new day vulture and the, um, vulture from the noir world eat the vault, the old vulture. We also have the nineties version of the vulture showing up in the background. Uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode without the, you know, like if you're, you wouldn't have a 1994 universe without the, the 1990s redesign of the vulture where he's young. And so, you know, this is a lot of this is a, a conversation between Ezekiel Sims and Ben Riley, And, you know, even Spider-Ham's like, I told you he wouldn't take it seriously. So they get to one point where they they get hit with these blades that are kind of poison tip blades, and they're all standing there. And um, you know, so cannibalistic vultures are working for Verna, and like even like they're sitting there and they're you know kind of just you know trying not to um, they can't move. They're immobilized, and they were going to start nibbling on the spiders when. Ben remarkably was able to shoot a web line and hit the uh, the, vo- the vomiting vulture in the face. Hits Noir Vulture, and um, he's like, "You savage, you monster! You've disfigured me." Then accept my apologies for this. I'll kill you. And they're like, "I got a better idea. Just wrap it up." And the three Spider Men basically uh, wrap you know wrap them into cocoons. So um, you know, Ham starts asking questions because, like, how do you overcome these impossible odds, Ben Riley? And he's like, "When this is nothing. When I was possessed by the Carnage symbiote, that's a reference to the Web of Carnage arc that happened in '94." So, you know, Ben's like, "I, I don't want to leave my my world." And he, you know, Ezekiel asks if if this Peter Parker's still powerless. So clearly, this establishes, like I previously mentioned, that this is a Ben Riley that a everything went right for. And B, like, Peter Parker is still powerless. So, you know, his powers never return during the Revelations storyline. And so, you know, they end up going to the to the safe place. And, uh, you know, there's a panel, and I want to read it, of Ezekiel Sims' Spider-Man making a statement. He said, Han basically goes, get a load of him. He's got more... 
I've seen puppies more jaded than that guy. He's not even close to having his game face on. We should find another version of him that's had a tougher time of it. He's like an hour ago I would have agreed with you. But now I'm not so sure. He overcame the paralysis when neither of us could because of his optimism. There might be things he can do just because he doesn't see losing as a possibility. He'll rush into the lion's den, confident it'll all be okay. I guess he does, but he doesn't understand what we're up against. He get, he'll get smoked, honey-baked even. If the future's got in store, he's got in store is anything like the other Ben Rileys I've seen. That's practically a mercy. Anyway, we're all dead men walking. At least he'll die amongst friends. And so that's the, you know, to be continued in Spider-Verse. So, um, that's where, you know, we, uh, we meet off. So... Okay, so moving on to Scarlet Spiders, the three-issue miniseries that was written by Mike Costa and Mark Paco Diaz did the artwork. We open up with um, Ben and, and Kane and Jessica showing up on essentially this, this pocket world where Genix is the, uh, is the main inheritor and basically his job is to be a clone factory. And so they have some, uh, some, some clones that they walk by and they didn't even notice them. And then all of a sudden, uh, like, what are you two doing out of your groups? What roster are you? Quick, what do clones say? You are a clone. You know what I mean. Somebody called them. They're heavenly armed guards just a few miles away. We have to go now. So, you know, give us our costumes back. So the costumes get put on. The guards get called. Kane, uh, Kane and Ben start fighting along with Jessica. And then all of a sudden, Iron Man shows up because that's a thing. So he's like, spiders here? Is this a test? Is Genix walking, watching right now? And like, at one point, Tony decides to fire on to Ben, and Kane gets very upset. So all of a sudden, uh, Genix is like, oh, the web is trembling. So they go back to where they had first got to their little hideout, and uh, so Tony Stark then gets his armor ripped away from him, and then Ben and them decide that they're going to infiltrate. So Kane and Jessica are being escorted by... Iron Man, and all of a sudden, then Jessica starts fighting, and they have a big fight, and so then Johnny Storm shows up, and that's the end of the issue. Uh, that's issue one. So then we jump over to issue two, where it's the same creative team as last time, uh, Scarlet Spiders. So, uh, you know, basically, uh, Johnny's like, Peter Parker, I can't believe it, you know, so... Uh, Kane then shows up and hits Johnny. Johnny's, Johnny and Kane start fighting. All of a sudden, then he, Johnny thinks he has an ally in Tony Stark. But wait, it's not Tony Stark. It is, in fact, Ben Riley. And so uh, Je Jessica's been running interference, and all of a sudden this Max Modell lookalike shows up, and they go to this, basically, this, this giant silo. And then, of course, we have Dr. Warren. Dr. Warren is like... Uh, you know, having a conversation, and th at, th at this point, like Ben and, and Jessica are seeing that this is like the main area. This is the main area where all the inheritors go when they have to respawn. And so, um, they start trying to destroy the area, and then they get to like the this the area where it was basically the uh, places that they're genetically altered people to look like spiders. And and Kang gets very upset. Like the he he really gets the vibes from the Clone Saga and very angry. So then. You know, Genix is like, they're insatiable appetite. I'm trying to sit there and give them something that they can go over. The Max Modell guy gets his neck broke, and Genix shows up, and that's the end of that issue. So we then jump to issue 
number three. Issue three is ha it has like uh, EKGs on it, and it looks like one of those Scarlet Spiders is falling. So we open up with Ben Riley. He's swinging through the city, having a little bit of exposition, uh, talking about his world and how things usually went uh, went correctly and everything like that. So then there's a big battle between Genix and Kane, and it's during this big battle where Kane starts, you know, exhibiting his other powers, and Kane is like, uh, Kane's kind of like uh, saying, F it, like, I'm not, we're not playing this game, I'm going to, we're not doing it, I'm going to kill him, and so he stabs him, and, you know, Kane doesn't realize that the other was taking over, like, he just, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, he's like, I have to get control, and he goes, oh, I think not, another the other inside of a clone. You're even more impressive than I imagined. And how far I would be to a reward. My, our father will be to reward me when I present the other to him. This is going to be fun. And then all of a sudden, uh, a, a phaser blast occurs. <laughs> and he gets blown in smithereens. Like, literally vaporized because Jessica Drew has been working on it. But then, you know, of course, because we have all the, all the deals, Genix is like, alright, it's time to fight again. So, a uh, fight continues to ensue. Um, Jessica's trying to figure out how to jam the transfer to the bodies. Then Johnny Storm shows up, and everything goes starts going there. Ben uh, like throws the Genix. We also get in the side by side of Jessica, you know, fighting along uh, against Johnny Storm. Ben's kind of, uh, you know kind of doing this internal monologue because he's like, you know, he kind of talks about how everything went right to him. He's like, you know, broken, concussed, and woozy. He thinks, it's the right call right now. He'd always done it right in the past. It was Peter who get it wrong. Peter who lost Uncle Ben, who lost Captain Stacy, who lost Gwen, who even lost his powers and passed the mantle on to, on to Ben. He gave Ben his life back, and on that day, ever, since then, everything had gone right. He, get, he saved the city countless times and saved the world. And after he'd saved Marla Jameson from Alistair Smythe, he'd finally got the acceptance that Peter never had. So, again, these are a bunch of things that Ben Riley had happened to him. But it went the exact opposite way. It was a guy that basically, what if everything went right for Spider-Man? And that was what Ben Riley was in this, in this particular story. And so Ben starts, you know, basically saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, take everything out. And so at one point, Johnny had melted the panels... So Ben's like, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And he thought, you know, in his last second, there's probably a way he can make it out, his way out of it. But uh, Genix then fall, you know, starts to plummet. And Kane, Kane's mad. Kane is pissed off. Like, Kane is like, I'm not having it. So I'm going to go to Loom World, and I'm going to take the freaking fight to him. And so, you know, we have a little bit of Jessica, you know, was like, holy crap, if this was you holding back, this is not good. And that's the end and four or so issues. I really liked the, the, the half issue story with the, uh, with, with, uh, Spider-Verse team up. thought that was really good. I thought it was well drawn. I thought it was a fun little story to introduce Ben. This really kind of brings in more into, into the context of this is a Ben Riley that, you know, everything went wrong for Ben Riley at the very end of his tenure at Spider-Man, but everything was kind of going right during it. And so what if that continued? What if that streak continued of things that went, went right? This is a guy that was able to, to defeat not one, but two different symbiotes in two different situations. One where he was being possessed by the symbiote. The other was literally beating Ben thanks to his impact webbing or beating Venom, excuse me, with his impact webbing. So 
this is a guy that was able to everybody he fought he was able to you know defeat up until the hobgoblin um really in blood brothers that's where the first time we saw you know uh ben really kind of lose and so the stakes kind of got raised so you have that situation then you you know how did everything that uh, happened with spider-man what what happens if it all goes right and so this is a guy that has a, you know, a supreme amount of confidence and it's a really fascinating way of looking at ben riley uh it's probably one of the better elements of spider-verse uh, this particular miniseries and and the ben riley stuff but at this point the ben riley stuff's over and so obviously ben's dead and we're going to move on to the next part in our regular look back we did the first three parts and now we're in part four part four shows up and you know anywhere but here's the name of the name of the story so we we got to go back to earth 13 used to be called the safe zone and so Solus is basically um you know morland's got the youngest totem and so you know Solus is just fighting him and, and they take they take little benji back and so you know may is just utterly devastated and so um you know basically they they get more spiders and all of a sudden they go to japan and Leopardon is there, and <laughs> we get the 70s Spider-Man from the 70s TV show. You know, Leopardon, and they start fighting. And so Silk had kind of um, jumped over to Earth 3145, and, um, you know, she's got, um, you know, the, the two, uh, you know, ther- post-thermonuclear war, and so then they go to the Earth that looks like the like basically Jurassic Park. Meanwhile, Jessica Drew in her in her series has been, um, you know, made into one of the housemaids. So um, we then kind of be like it's almost as part of it's some grand design. And so you know the Master Weaver's there. We have you know the Spider Buggy and you know kind of those cartoon Spideys going after it. We have a Spider Man on a horse. Um, so 2099, you know, has been with Lady Spider. Um, Deamos was trapped in a stasis field, and so uh, they're starting the dissection now. They're trying to figure out what uh, what the clone body is. So um, then Genix shows up, and he's like, show my hand. I admit, having you burble on has been somewhat amusing. But if you're going to share tactical information, it's time to put a stop to it. So, you know, basically we have the, he sent, you know, Genix sent his sister there. And so the, uh, the scrolls, the prophecies, everything you need to know about the other, the bride and the sky on, and something else. My masters wish to do more than kill all the spiders much more, but there's no time. Hurry, they approach. So Bora and Brix, the, uh, they're the, the twins. They're tasked basically, uh, to take care of little Benji, uh, Spider-Woman basically teleports the scrolls to uh, the scrolls to to Peter. Um, then they jump, you know, into a, into a universe where um, back to the to the universe where it's basically the end of the line. There's a bunch of arrows, and then we get to the end of the line, and he's like, you know, uh, you might want to brace yourself for a shock because. Uncle Ben and uh, Uncle Has Ben is uh, at the end of this line. So we go to part five. This particular issue, part five, is Spider-Man No More. And 
you know, uh, Deimos. All right. So this this Ben is kind of a douchebag, okay? And and I say this with you know just not with any type of glee. I say this because this version of of Ben Parker is a guy that gives up. And basically, you know, the Emerald Elf basically kills off his family because he figured out his secret identity. He throws his tr- costume in the trash. And then Ezekiel Sims shows up and basically says, you got to hunker down this bunker. Well, um, so basically what happened was uh, a madman with the, held the world hostage with a nuclear ransom. So I don't know, maybe I could have stopped Otto Octavius. Man was arrogant and worse a fool. From all I can figure out, he must have made a miscalculation. All his demands were being met, but his device went off prematurely and doomed us all. So, like, Otto, a.k.a. Superior, is basically just freaking out at this point. Meanwhile, Silk and and, um, and Spider-Gwen go, go to Loom World for reasons. We have a bit of a conversation between UK Spider-UK and Spider-India. And, uh, you know... They go to Loom World, and then we cut back to Earth 802, which was the remains of Gen, Gen X's uh, cloning facility, picking up basically where I left off. And it's a little bit different. He's like, "I'm going to Loom World. I'm going to end this for your sake. I'm doing it alone." So Kane shows up at Loom World. Uh, you know, they're gonna kill them all. Son of a bitch! The Scry and the Bride and the other all together in Moreland Land. Anyone still out there? Whatever you're doing, drop it. We're going to Loom World. So, uh, you know, Kane becomes the other and kills Solus. You know, a foe, you know, he's like, ha ha, formidable. Yes, finally a foe worthy of the great Solus. I've waited centuries for this. I've never felt more. <laughs> so we need it alive. And Moreland's like, we only need its blood. So, um, all of a sudden we have a bunch of goblins showing up and Ben's like, we need you now. You're and, and basically, you know, um, <laughs> Otto kind of calls him out for being a douche, you know? And so, you know, he suits up and we you know whatever it takes. All right, spiders, this is the final push. The die is cast as what freaking Otto would say. He says this all the freaking time. And so, uh, Peter, you know, gets the big, the last big line. Spider friends, go for it! And I'm like, oh god. So we have the catchphrase from Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends. So, um, anyway, the, uh, we get to the part six, which is called Web Warriors. Um, uh, Giuseppe Camincoli and Oliver Capiel have done the, done the pencils and the, and the drawing of the last two issues. And so, we have, uh, you know, um, basically the battle beginning and, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, they're, they're trying, they're starting to do the ritual and, um, gets to a point where, um, you know, Karn all of a sudden shows up, you know, um, from this day forth, I fight on the side of the righteous. And so one point they've got the baby and the baby's ready to go but wait it's not um you know me and the old time i pulled the switcheroo and the little piggy yo after he went wee 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 all the way home so basically they saved little benji um and so 
you know, uh, it, get, it gets to the point where they open a portal, they, they go back to the radioactive world, they um, basically send all of the... Uh, um, all of the inheritors to this to this world and that's the end of the story and you know the epilogue basically is the next issue issue 15 which kind of just tries to put all the pieces back together and everything like that um uh it's in this issue that uh kane and, and i'm not going to get into the all the things on that but it's in this issue that kane uh is revealed that he's not dead uh, they, you know, the, the inheritors had killed him when he first got there. He killed Skyon. He killed, uh, Moreland, you know, basically killed him. And then, you know, they're like, all we need is bl- his blood. Well, we get to this issue. And so there we are. Uh, it's the end of the Spider-Verse story. And I'm going to say this. Um, I'm going to give gr- the grades that I liked. Um, I liked the artwork. I liked the, the writing of the Christos Gage storyline or the story that um, Spider-Verse team up number one thought that was really good. It was a really good introduction to Ben Riley, a reintroduction to Ben Riley, and, and showing his internal optimism. And that was one of the hallmarks of the character when he was, you know, when he was Spider-Man. Uh, I'm excited. I, I was excited about this particular issue. This gave me kind of some hope and I liked the first couple of parts with Ben Riley of the main story. Um, been kind of the, you know, the, the, the angel on Kane's shoulder, so to speak. Uh, Kane is not necessarily a character in this particular story. He's just a plot device. I don't get that feeling when I'm reading the Scarlet Spiders miniseries. Uh, I liked that one. I liked that, that series actually quite a bit. Um, I remember giving it A's when I, when I reviewed it previous and I would give it in, in rereading it, I would give it more of a B minus. Because there's certain things, uh, my positions kind of evolved. I, the artwork is a little problematic. Um, the way, especially Jessica's body is drawn. Um, we've joked about boob socks uh, amongst my friends, and particularly Kelly. Definitely one of those things where I see boobs. Uh, now, when I see like these, this art style, it's very European, and as a result, it. it it's not necessarily ultra realistic with that's not the way spandex fit and everything. So I, like I say, I'm excited, uh, to, I'm excited. I like, like I say, I, uh, I like this story. I, I like the, you know, Genix is a decent enough villain. He's, he's kind of, they're, he's kind of milk toast like the rest of them. And I'll get into the villains in here in a minute. Um, I liked the aspect of, of using all the Spideys. However, the conflict between Peter and Otto is forced. It's forced because you st- he's still trying to make Otto feel superior, and I get that it's he's been plucked basically essentially from part of the time stream, and he hasn't learned his lesson, and this is an Otto that hasn't been humbled by the Green Goblin or bested by the Green Goblin at this point. It doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter to me because, frankly... What matter? What annoys me is that you sit there and you elevate your pet character at the expense of Spider-Man. And in some ways, the the as fun as as this story is, there's a lot of Peter Parkers running around. 
it kind of diminishes the Peter Parker because he has to sit there and, and basically be instead of Peter Parker giving the speech that rabble that rouses up the uncle has been. Um, he doesn't he, he's not the one it's, it's Otto. And again, I feel like that this storyline was originally developed and originally conceived with Otto being that guy and, and the Peter being the time displaced version of Spider-Man. And uh, Peter just comes across as a chump. It's pretty. Giuseppe Camincoli um, is not at his peak. I felt like his peak was in the next volume. This was very much, the, you know, Giuseppe Camincoli having to come in and fill in. Oliver Capiel is notorious for being slow. So having, you know, Camincoli come in to do this event is kind of like, okay, you know, he's, he's kind of your, your pinch hitter. He's kind of like the Ramos of the group. And it seems like every time we get like a, some of, like this big event style thing and they want to bring in a premium artist, Cam and Coley's brought in to do certain things. We saw this during Clone Conspiracy. And I, uh, Clone, my, like, there's a dyna- dynamic aspect to his art when he's do- doing big action sequences and stuff like that. And so it's, it's actually pretty good to look at. However, when he's doing talking heads, it just doesn't work for me. Giuseppe Cam and Coley's artwork just doesn't work in the sense of um, doing the talking heads. There's very few artists that I feel like can get away with it. Mark Bagley's one of them. Um, so this and I want to get to Moreland. Moreland was brought in as this force. He was brought in as a force of nature. And as a result, he should act like a force of nature, not a freaking chump. And by adding all this family members, what, what, what he was as a force of nature is completely denigrated by the existence of other inheritors. Um, and basically, you know, we, we kind of you know, leave this on an open plot thread where we have to pick it up in Spider-Verse, or uh, not Spider-Verse, Spider-Geddon, where they come back and, and Christos Gage basically, you know, has to kind of clean up that, that little dangling plot thread. And, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, MC2 Peter Parker's the other. He's still alive. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Again, um, this is event storytelling can be good at times but do is does it hold up at second viewing and unfortunately uh you know five years after the fact this is not a very good well-crafted story it's busy it's got a lot going on if you read all the tie-ins you had i mean to get really the full scale and scope of the story the the tie-ins you know at least with what i felt like with the scarlet spiders miniseries was that it? You know, it was a it was an, an, a necessary tie-in, and it actually was allowed to breathe a little bit and was allowed to tell the side quest. But there were so many. You have three or four side quests because you have twenty ninety nine. You have Spider Woman. You have all this thing. These things. You have all these tie-in books. You have two, basically uh, anthology books that that are there. You have a five part Edge of Edge of the Spider Verse. Uh, you know, anthology series, miniseries that comes out before this. You have, you know, Jessica Drew and Spider-Man 2099 and all, all these other ancillary side characters. And so there were some characters that came out of it that were pretty cool. It was cool to see things like Leo Pardon show up. It was cool to see Ben Riley and Kane show up and, and interact as two, to, two of the various Scarlet Spiders. There's cool things about it, and, and there's cool ideas, but ideas are just that, ideas. It's not a story. And when you're a craftsman of storytelling, 
storytelling has to has to the, the plot cannot drive the characters. The characters have to drive the plot. Does this make sense? How Spider-Girl was mistreated through this storyline was absolutely, positively, utterly bad. And we went into that with episode 10. Uh, they went into that with episode 10 of Mayday Mondays. Um, so I don't want to, like, retread everything, but Mayday was treated po- poorly. Kane was kind of uh, just basically an over, uh, 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 overgrown plot device. It was basically trying to make everything make sense. The problem with this story is that the foundation of it, Moreland... When Moreland was a one-and-done, five-parts character, and we never saw Moreland again, it, he was he was perfect. But every subsequent appearance of Moreland has has uh, basically made him a chump, and that's where I have the problem. Is that you took a really good story, a really interesting story, a really interesting story idea in the in the totems, and it got overblown and was overlong and everything like that. And I hope one day to cover it extensively in another podcast. But I'll be completely frank. His his first appearance is his best appearance. Morlin is the 21st century version of Venom. Where every subsequent appearance is a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. Now, I'm not saying that Morlin cannot be redeemed as a villain. Far be it for me to say that. Because I look at Donny Cates and what he's done with Venom... And I say, okay, this guy knows, Donny Cates knows how to write, uh, has done a very good job of craft, he's, he's, a, he's a craftsman storyteller. I get the sense with Spencer that he's more of a, he's much less of an ideas guy and much more of a characters driving the story guy. And yes, you know, he's, the plot's going to insert various wacky characters. You got Fred and Peter living together. You got Gog as their, as their pet, so to speak. I mean, that's the most recent status quo as of this recording. You have the, the but you also have the, the, the kindred character and the Sin Eater starting to, starting to show up. And so it's going to start, you know, tying everything in. And you got the Green Goblin coming back in 850. So, again... It's all been built. It's all been, you know, dynamically uh, built over time. This was supposed to be built over time, but it just felt like, oh, here we go. We're going to the end of the new event. And that's not good storytelling. And I get that some of that is Marvel's marketing department. I get some of it is Marvel's editorial mandates where you got to build towards the big story. Um, but this one really just doesn't hold well as an individual arc. It's not the worst of uh, of the ones that we've covered. Trust me, Spider Geddon's kind of just a forgettable Miles story. Sp- uh, Sp- Clone Conspiracy was certainly worse than than this particular story. So I'm going to give the main story a C minus. Um, fun idea, flawed execution. Inconsistent artwork because you have to bring in multiple artists, um, so it's it's a C minus, it C minus D plus type type area. The the two tie-in sh- series that I covered c- featuring this Ben version of Ben Riley, I want to read more about this Ben Riley. So it succeeded in 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 generating my interest as a clone fan. Of, I want to read more about this character. I didn't get that with Mayday, but I did get that with Ben. So. Uh, the three-issue uh, Scarlet Spiders series, I'm going to give a B minus, uh, and I'm going to the same grade as uh, uh, on the Spider-Man team-up issue. So now we get to the part of the show where I ask you what you think. 
So um, I'm putting out a call at the end of this episode for two things. One, we are looking for reviewers. Be sure to be going to our, our social media and our front page of spidey-dude.com. We're looking for reviewers for Amazing Spider-Man, Venom, and Miles Morales. Um, and then, you know, whatever. And then nonstop Spider-Man, if that particular title still goes. I don't know. With the pandemic, everything kind of got pushed back and delayed and everything like that. So we'll see what happens with the publishing schedule. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man... Um, Definitely want to get an Amazing Spider-Man reviewer on our front page. So if you want to, to send me an email at clonesoccerchronicles.gmail.com, just put uh, review reviewer application in the, in the text box, and I will uh, respond. I'll read it, uh, probably give it to my admin staff to kind of review it and see what they think. Hopefully we get a couple of different people to do reviews. Um, secondly, um, I want your feedback. I want your feedback uh, for Clone Saga Chronicles. Uh, we're going to be doing a uh, one of our future episodes is going to be live callers. Also, we're going to be you know playing voicemails, and we're also going to be covering uh, 101 ways to end the Clone Saga, and we want feedback. So we want to get as much feedback as you can. We're going to try to take live callers. When we get closer to that, I will let you know. It'll be our second live callers episode of the of the show. Uh, I like I say we're very excited about the future of Spidey-Dude.com. I'm really excited about our. We're going to do a dual flat, a dual new flagship show. Um, I'll explain that when it's time, but stay tuned for that. So if you were a fan of the things that I've done in the past, where I covered more modern Spider-Man, more modern Spider-Man, Peter Parker, stay tuned. If you like us going back and doing the the history er eras of of spider-man like this show stay tuned uh we're gonna have some other things that are very unique perspectives that i think don't exist anywhere else so i'm super excited i'm super anticipating this particular episode uh so with this basically what do we have left and it's really in terms of the Clone Saga trades, we've covered every single solitary issue of the Clone Saga trades except for two. 101 Ways to End the Clone Saga and uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 241. That one I'm saving for a different show. We've teased it, we've talked about it, and when it's time, we'll announce it. We'll get it. We'll finally get the title right. And If you have any title suggestions for that era between the reboot and the Clone Saga shoot me a line go uh, shoot me a line on our facebook page or our twitter uh facebook.com slash spidey dude radio network twitter.com slash s dude podcasts instagram at spidey dude network uh and then of course our email address is is uh clone soccer chronicles gmail.com uh i'm also going to be setting up a spidey dude radio network uh, at gmail.com so you can also go there uh, the final thing be sure to check out Mayday Mondays Spectacular Radio and of course ASM Classics we look forward to seeing you and of course leave us a voicemail that voicemail number is 818-925-6631 just be sure to do two things one 
State where you are from and what show you're calling about. And two, keep it under three minutes. Otherwise, it's going to cut you off. But if it does cut you off, just call in and leave us a average thought and some voice notes. We'll slice it together. I look forward to hearing from you, our dear listeners. And thanks again for another exciting episode. Also, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We'll see you next time here on Spidey Radio Network, Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast.